Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Gym Class All-Stars. Your Gym Class All-Stars, as always, brought to you by the Vigit Sports Betting app, where you can download for free, bet fake coins, win real prizes. Download it today using our referral code, All-Stars. All right, short week for us here in Gym Class All-Stars, kind of doing a reset to get back on our normal schedule here. Going to start reposting every Monday. That's the plan, at least. You know how life goes, though, so we'll see how, how we continue it here. But we are going to start getting right into it here in the world of basketball as a new champion was crowned as the top of the top for the first time in 50 years. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions, defeating the Phoenix Suns in, uh, in six games, four to two. So the Suns still looking for that first NBA championship victory went down or went up 2-0, and then the Bucks came storming back Giannis to top it off. Dropped a 50-piece McNugget in the, the, the clinching game. And then the next day, he takes his trophies and he goes get 50 nuggets from Chick-fil-A. And if you, you listen all the way through the video, the, the half Sprite, half lemonade, that kind of blew up a little bit on Twitter. It's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, so culmination of the season, you see how it all played out. How did the Bucks fare in being, you know, in the last few years of champions, how do you think they fare in terms of, you know, upper or lower tier? Oh, well... When you think about that, I mean, there hasn't been a whole lot of different champions because the Warriors have those three in there. But you have, let's see, the Cavs are a little bit intriguing to think about. I mean, they had such a good you know comeback, but I don't know how that team would stack up. And you know that can be debatable in terms of what LeBron did, but I don't know how that team fares, especially with a new age Kyrie Irving and current Kevin Love. Uh, what else? So you got the Raptors, who I think that was just Kawhi was freakish and unstoppable. And I think that kind of could hold up if Kawhi's healthy. And then the Lakers, who that Lakers team, I'm unimpressed by it. Maybe that's a bit of bias. Maybe it's a bit of LeBron hate, but I don't know. There's LeBron and AD played so well together, but the rest of that team wasn't really doing much for me in terms of, wow, that's that's a good team. Right. So no, I get that. I would say the Bucks probably fall like in those middle tiers. I mean, the Warriors team, like that dynasty team, is just so incredible. And mm-hmm. when the years when they had Kevin Durant on it, I mean, that's juggernaut yeah. easily. So I would say the middle half. I think that team toward the end they got the chemistry right. They're mm-hmm. playing well together, and I don't know what came over Giannis. Maybe he needed to destroy his leg to really tap into his true potential but he did it and the bucks are champions now so yeah that, that was crazy it went from oh the bucks like playoff run might be over to Giannis just hit another level hit another stride and they kept just being able to come back stay in the series against the hawks stay in the series against the suns and you know look at this nba champion milwaukee bucks it brought up a question that you know we're gonna get to at the end by the end of this episode if you've been following along but after that game, dropping 50 points, probably the best game that Giannis has ever played in his life. Is he the best player in the world? No. They're Correct, better but than why? <laughs> well, I mean, how you'd ever rank, like one aspect I used to rank players is just clutchness or ability when you need to do something, you do it. Mm-hmm. That's why, well, I hate Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving's probably one of the clutchest players I've ever seen, especially when it comes down to last-minute possession scoring. Giannis, in terms of what he did for clutchness to win the championship, 
incredible. I think there are definitely some things in this game he can polish. Uh, he had exceptional free throw shooting performance in game six, but those inconsistencies need to be worked on, to say the least. I, I mean, his shooting too. I mean, the guy is called the Greek freak for a reason. He, if he's within 10 feet of the paint, he can probably dunk on you pretty easily within a stride. But those other aspects polish up his game, you know, then I would say there's a legitimate argument. But you got a guy who's seven feet tall who can do all the same things he can and shoots better. It's hard to put Giannis above him. So we'll get to that later on. We'll probably figure out what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, we'll, uh, well, like we said, we'll get to there by the end of this. We got our top 10 coming up at the end of the episode. But yeah, I think, I think I'm, I'm, I'm with you. He's close. He's definitely as close as he's ever been. I think he's in the pedestal of like, you know, there are the tier, there are superstars and tiers of players. And then there are the tiers within the, the superstar rank. Giannis is at the top of that. There's no separation between him and anyone else above him. Like he's on that level. It's just, you know, he's young still. He's only 26, 27. He's got plenty of time to become the best player in basketball. Let's, you know, he, he does this again, wins another championship in a row. We're, we're going to be really talking about that. That's that's where this is going to really come into play. But that that's it. End of the season. Tough one for Phoenix. Uh, Book, you know, they'll, they'll be back, though. Maybe not to the NBA finals, but we'll see. Booker's going to be a year stronger. Aiton, we'll see what happens with Chris Paul if they keep him or decide to move him in that last year of the contract. It's going to be big talks, especially, you know, around draft day, which is coming up here. On Thursday, we're not going to get in another episode beforehand, so we had wanted to do at least a little bit of, of coverage for you. Uh, come up, so this is, you know, I, I've done a little bit of research into this draft. I, I usually at least know the names of the players in it, whether or not, you know, how talented they're supposed to be at the next level. But from what it looks like, it's a pretty top-heavy draft, and in terms of that, it's even still pretty weak. Like, there's three players that, if I was any team, I would want, and that's it. And it, it's usually pretty, you usually want like five to seven. And it's like, okay, these are pretty good players. I'm pretty comfortable getting these guys. You know, Jalen Suggs had a great tournament run, but he's listed as the fourth potential draft pick. That, that just feels a little high for a freshman that just maybe got hot at the right time. I want to talk about a couple other names though. So Kate Cunningham, you know, we've talked about all year. He's incredible. He led Oklahoma state to the sweet 16 consensus. Number one pick the fight is to get him, you know, the Pistons have the pick. They have no real reason to trade the pick, but teams are teams want it. I think a that's a testament to the rest of the drafts. You know, not really pertaining anything at all too important, all too valuable. You know, teams like the Rockets, teams like the Cavs, trying to up those later picks aren't what they want. They want that point guard, that piece. So, but then it's also how good he's going to be. Cade Cunningham, if you think about it. You know, people projected great things from guys like Lonzo Ball, guys like Ben Simmons. I truly believe Cade Cunningham is what everybody thought each of those players were supposed to be, a genuine all-around two-way superstar. Because if you look at his game, there isn't really anything he can't do. He is spectacular, and he was a great leader even just as a freshman. Good luck to any teams trying to pride Denver or Detroit out of that pick. But the other names are Jalen Mobley – or excuse me, Jalen Green and Evan Mobley. Um, Bradley Beal – in terms of Jalen Green, just an elite scorer. Evan Mobley, I actually see a lot of James Wiseman in terms of just what he looks like coming out of college. So that, that gives you kind of any real picture. And the last name I really want to mention here is Scotty Barnes. 
He's listed as a small forward out of Florida State. He can play point guard. He can play shooting guard. He can really do anything one through four. He's an elite level defender, and he really came on at the end in terms of his scoring. I think he's one of those guys that might fall or rise depending on who gets what pick. But he's the one, you know, I, I like to try and pick at least one sleep sleeper. He's still a lottery pick, but one guy that may fall a little bit under the radar. I think it's Scotty Barnes. I think he's going to make any team very happy. I don't know why I'm just terrified he's going to find his way onto Boston. Yeah, but even if he does, I still think Boston's a piece away and they're great at taking talent and not being able to do anything with it properly because they don't like to use their assets, but that's a whole different. But they love assets. Well, yeah, it's like (laughs) they're like Sam Presti in terms of hoarding, but they don't do anything with it. Sam Presti, I know, will take over the NBA with his pure assets. Like he is like Lex Luthor. He's going to just take it over. He's going to try and buy the NBA with his assets. He's like, you add up the entirety of these assets in terms of what you'd pay them in contracts. You can have the 2023 draft back, but I want the NBA. <laughs> uh, that'll be interesting. Uh, the Thunder, as always, have a million picks that they'll probably end up making to two million. Yep. But you're right. Um, I, when we talked about last year's draft, which you know feels like it was a month ago at this point because it's it, – Everything happened so fast. That one was delayed till was it November or was it October? I think October. I want to say October. Whatever it may be, that one's the same deal where a lot of it was very top heavy. And then there were a lot of question marks around players. Mm-hmm. And I think we have Anthony Edwards, who played fairly well this year. There's still some things he needs to grow in, but you know, still a worthwhile pick, especially a lottery pick. James Wiseman, who a lot of potential there, got hurt. Mel Ball, the rookie of the year. After that, though, I mean, you had Tyrese Halliburton had a pretty good year like for the Kings. Not a whole lot outside of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, I mean, Tyrese Maxey, I throw in there, but that's a little biased. And, you know, he was still a lottery pick. But same type of deal. Draft was very top heavy. And I think we're still kind of, feeling that effect from COVID where we really didn't get a chance to see everyone at full, like full potential, full capacity. They were playing in empty to 20% mm-hmm. arenas maybe. So it doesn't have that same energy, that intensity as we had hoped for before. Who knows? Uh, it's going to be intriguing. I'm sure there'll be a sleeper. There always is. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Cade's going to go number one. The Rockets are pushing for it. I think the Pistons desperately want him because they need a franchise need piece him. to at least revitalize it. Uh, who's he get, who did he get last year? Killian Hayes? Killian right. Hayes, yeah. It was so he's it. the new Dennis Smith Jr. He, he'll either be relegated to the bench or just be gone, which mm-hmm. I haven't, like most people, I haven't watched a whole lot of Pistons games, so I can't tell you how good he is or how bad he is. He's not. He, I believe, had the lowest field goal percentage of all rookies last year that qualified. Interesting. So that will be intriguing. I will, I'm actually very curious to see about Jalen Green, though. I, I like Jalen Green. I Well, he's like the first class of the G League. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't go to college. He went right into the G League. I want to see how productive or how – like, what – I talked a lot about LaMelo Ball last year going overseas and playing and how that's better for development. And I think after seeing what LaMelo did, maybe other kids – we'll start to do that and it'll be more beneficial. The same with Luca a few years ago. 
I want to see how good the G League is because they're playing against legitimate competition. You know, it's just their own separate, like, college team, I'd call it. Mm -hmm. So I want to see how that development is. Obviously, Jalen Green is not the total benchmark for it. It's going to take a few years of having prospects out of that. But I'm I'm very excited to see what he does. And I would imagine he'd go to the Rockets if they can't get the number one pick. It's really going to come down to – I assume Pistons want Cade, but – if they right. do like Jalen Green, can swindle some stuff out of the Rockets. Because the Rockets do have a lot of picks from that uh, Harden trade. The Rockets have a lot. And it's like, you might not be able to get Christian Wood, but like if you're down to be bad one more year and trade this pick for another pick, like John, getting John Wall for one year isn't a terrible player to have. You know, you can maybe get a younger guy from them too. Like a, maybe you can see if you can get like Kevin Porter Jr. or something like that, if that's interesting to you. But I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm excited about Jalen Green because of the Ignite thing, because I, I truly believe this could be the real, you know, gut punch to the NCAA. Um, but also, like I said before, he, he kind of reminds me a bit of Bradley Beal. He's a very active offensive player, both with and without the basketball. He can create his own shot and hit his own shot from anywhere. He isn't the most polished in terms of team offense, but, you know, that's going to come as you learn how to play the NBA game a little bit better because we're, you know, G, G League is – more similar to college in the sense that it's a little more hero ball based at times. Um, but you know, this, this guy's going to be a top tier scorer. He might not be as good as Bradley Beal. You know, that's a, that's a pretty tough comparison to strive towards, but flat out scorer. There's no question about it. I believe he led the, the ignite in scoring this past season. And it's one of the youngest players on the team. Kids got game. You know, he, he's, he, he's not the number one pick, but if, if, Houston gets him or you know Detroit decides to trade away number one for number two you're not mad about it I wouldn't be mad about it. I'd be very happy with that pick speaking I mean we will update you in the draft it's probably going to be a bit of a crapshoot in terms of like what actually happens but we'll definitely tweet about it we'll you know give our thoughts next episode to say the least speaking of Bradley Beal though he finally wants out it took years it took so many rumors, but finally, after bringing Russell Westbrook in, he wants out. Robbie has left the podcast, and he has brought out a Miami Heat jersey, which is the total disgusting thing I didn't want to see. Bradley Beal's coming to Miami, baby. Robbie, listen, every single time there is a high-quality free agent, and I have probably said this a million times in the show, it is all, Miami always gets thrown in there. Because stupid no income tax laws, which I mean, that's kind of nice. Look, actually, now now that I pay taxes, yeah, it's honestly no income tax, kind of nice. And maybe at some point I'll move to Miami too and join the Heat. But one can dream. Do you, do you do you genuinely want Bradley Beal? Because you were very uh, how do I call this negative on him last episode. I was critical. Yeah. Like, well, so this this is what I said, or, or maybe maybe I didn't make this as clear as I needed to. Bradley Beal fits the Heat system extremely well because the Heat are truly an elite level scorer because, because you know, Jimmy Butler does everything but score the basketball at a top, top tier level. And for a superstar, that's pretty damn good, but sometimes you just need a guy to score. Bradley Beal is exactly that. He is literally just an elite level scorer. So I am fine paying a little more money than I personally would be comfortable for him to get that caliber player on my team, because I can so clearly see that that's the piece we need. Do I think there are maybe better fits for Bradley Beal? Of course. Do I think there are better players for the heat? Absolutely. Readily available and 
to the point where it might be, you know, he's requesting the trade. So maybe he can dictate it and the heat can dictate it a little bit more, give up a little bit. I assume hero's gone. I assume Duncan Robinson or precious or something like that could be part of the trade. Obviously the only pick we have left would be going away as well. Um, but it, it just makes a lot of sense that, you know, I, I always try to acknowledge that Miami gets brought up in every single high octane free agent, but this is the one that I'm so certain we've been stuck. Like we legitimately were prioritizing him over Giannis before each of them signed their contracts because it just fit our system better. That's it's, why the Miami Heat are going to end the income tax. I can't imagine hurts, but that, you know, that, that has to be the biggest draw to Miami and why we want it so badly because as fans, we can see it so clearly, but like, it doesn't mean he's coming to Miami. It doesn't mean he wants to come to Miami by any means. It's just, it'd be beautiful. It'd be beautiful. I mean, as always, Dallas is probably another team who will yeah. try and seek him out. I think having another threat with Luca, always a good thing in terms of sharing the ball. It's a whole different story. I can't think of anywhere else really just off the top of my head. I'm sure we're going to hear rumblings about it. I mean, I'm sure the Lakers want him, but yeah. the Lakers have nothing. Uh, we'll talk about them in a second because they also want to just get better players, even though they can't offer anything. But yeah, it's good. That's going to be an intriguing saga. To me, Bradley Beal should have requested this a year and a half ago. Like his team's as good as it could have been. And that's just like, you know, adding Russell Westbrook does that, but I don't, I don't know what he like, whether it was maybe he was comfortable with the situation he was in or, just didn't want to get traded for whatever reason. Like to me, he should have done it so long ago. Yeah. I think he felt like he was in a very similar situation as Damian Lillard where like, not, not only did he enjoy playing for the team that drafted him, but he really felt like the city had embraced him as their superstar, as their, their franchise player. And that is truly, I feel like tough to leave because he probably felt so at home there in Washington, but at the end of the day, like he's a competitor, he wants to win. And you just, you're not going to do that in Washington. He's, it's not, especially right now, you know, what, they just hired Wes Unsled Jr. as their new head coach. So that could be a nice turning point because Scott Brooks was terrible, but they're also probably about to trade away Russell Westbrook because at the end of the day, the two of them only got them to the eight seed in the playoffs and they're both only getting older. It's, it's time to let go at some point for him. Dame, Dame will see because Dame seems a little more attached to Portland at this point, but man, like you said, Bradley Beal should have done this a long time ago in terms of trying trying to pick his career up off the ground. He's only been an all-star a couple of times. And that's pretty much all he's done. He wants to be labeled as one of the all-time bests. He's got a lot of work to do. That means getting out of Washington and winning some chips. Yep. And then a few other trade rumors. Apparently, the Lakers have been offering Kyle Kuzma and KCP to every, I do mean every NBA team, according to Woj, every team has received some sort of request from them. Um, and the Lakers, who have little to no cap space, allegedly want Buddy Heald, which, good for them. I would love LeBron James on my team, but I don't think that's physically and financially possible. I am so annoyed with the Lakers and it's not because it's like, Oh, they win everything. It's like, like, how, like, what do you need? You, you have two superstars who are going to be warranted massive contracts. Like LeBron's in his last year, AD signed his extension. Right. So he's, yeah. Like that to win, <laughs> you, you knew you'd be in this situation to win championships. You won one a year before. I'm not saying you can't like you shouldn't want to get better, but 
you can't be like, oh, hey, we want that player. Okay, he's pretty good. What are you going to give us? We'll give you a guy who probably will play in the CBA in two years. And we'll also give you, uh, how about, we'll say our this year's first round pick. Oh, like the 20th pick? Yeah, no, get the hell out of here. That's just, I, it's going to annoy me to every end of the earth when like a trade goes through where it's just an utter fleecing. Yeah, and you know it's coming because I know someone's I know. gonna buy in Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, I'll tell I'll tell you this right now. If I was Bob Bartinsky, I wouldn't trade out of school for Kyle Kyle Kuzma. I mean, geez, Louise, that that dude has his twenty and fourteens, and then that dude has his six and sixes. Like he's too inconsistent. He's too streaky. He's not as good of a defensive player as people want you to believe that he is. He's just fine. He's like probably the most average basketball player that exists. And nobody wants to admit that (laughs) Kyle Kuzma though, does have this wonderful thing where he is dirt cheap. His contract is like a million a year, which is on that rookie deal. I think why the hype got built up so much where it was like, you have this player who with Lonzo ball, not being the bright shining star he was supposed to be Kuzma, like kind of did a whole lot before LeBron Mm -hmm. got there. And to that credit, like, yeah, he did a lot and is probably worth his contract. But people also probably think he's supposed to be that third star in the Lakers team, which I don't think well, he ever should have been. You're absolutely right. And the other thing that goes along with the contract is that he has to, it's his rookie deal. So he has to be at the end of it at this point. Meaning if you're trading for him, you're either trading for him until it's over and then letting him go or consciously agreeing to pay this mediocre player more money. And that's, that's tough. Yeah, I mean, I think he's worth what, like, if he got Seth Curry's contract, which is, like, I think four years, like, $32 million, That's not which, bad. Yeah, by the way, Seth Curry, very underpaid. But yes, I think that's kind of what he's going to be warranted, like, a seven, eight mil a year. And I, even if someone paid him 10 per year, like, I don't think that's horrible. But, yeah, in terms of what he can be, I, don't th- I think it's a good role player and not, like, that third piece so that'll be interesting. The Lakers will set me ablaze when they somehow get like a top tier shooter, some some piece. It's kind of what happened last year with Harold, but Harold is just a bum, is what yeah, I. He didn't do anything. Nope, nope, not at all. Uh, the Ben Simmons saga continues. The people are still trying to trade for him. I think the Warriors are kind of out of that now. You know, apparently, what they were offering was not what Philly was looking for. Philly wanted all-star level talent. I'm sure the Golden State Warriors were willing to offer up Andrew Wiggins and maybe Kelly Oubre or like, you know, a combination of that with some picks. And I'm sure Philly was like, now we prefer like a Clay Thompson or like Steph Curry, but uh, like, no, like go kick rocks. That'll be interesting. Another team that's also very intrigued about them is the Toronto Raptors. I, the idea sounds interesting, uh, I, but something – I don't think that really works out well unless you get like, like – you could get Kyle Lowry fine, but I also yeah. think you could get him in free agency this summer. Yeah, Siakam's I, maybe the best asset they could get. I was going to say, what if you could also pry away Fred Van Vliet? That feels like the best asset on that team because Pascal had a rough year. He's a great basketball player, but he had a rough year. You can get both their best guards for your single best guard. I think you, even if you're losing the best player in that deal, I think you might still win that trade because 
those are two smaller guards that can still play together as a one and a two. And they're both excellent defensive players that can shoot a basketball, which is not something your point guard can do right now. Fair. I think the problem does become height. I know they're both pretty mm-hmm. good defenders for how you know big they are, but there's still mismatches to be found there. I mean, Ben Simmons obviously is a Swiss army knife of defense and, you know, you have to sacrifice that. I don't know. I mean, that's, it's intriguing to say the least, like the idea of having more shooting because we still don't know what's happening with Danny Green this summer. Mm -hmm. His contracts expired. And, you know, my thought would be you could, if you get Siakam, you'd have Tobias at three, which isn't the best, but he can play small forward. Siakam is a power forward and then Embiid as a five. And there's still a good amount of spacing. And then, you know, maybe you get Lowry as well, or I don't think you get Lee and Siakam. I think that that that's a fleecing. Yeah, that'd be they'd be committing to being the worst team in the NBA in like five years, four or five years. Um, but yeah, no, I mean that'd be interesting. That's the one that I keep seeing the most is Toronto, and it's probably just because like Kyle Lowry is kind of that player that is like he may be worth it, and if you had a second player that's like enough, we'll f- and and some picks, we'll figure it out. But like. The end of the day, Kyle Lowry is getting older. That feels like almost a waste to make him the best player that you get back for someone as young and despite the criticism, still very talented as, as Ben Simmons is. That is uh, the, uh, the one other thing. Apparently, Eric Gordon, their trade talks between Houston and Indiana. That, I mean, Indiana gets better getting Eric Gordon, but I don't, to me, that's like, okay. It's, you know, it's a probably a good move but it's i like, imagine cool you got a 34 year old victor oladipo eh, cheaper though not by much eric gordon gets paid he's like 14 million a year i think yeah but wasn't oladipo getting 20 plus yeah yeah no oladipo's still overpaid aren't, aren't you gonna have to overpay him at some point hey, hey, hey if the heat actually okay if the heat actually signed victor oladipo i'd be very mad i th- I mean, unless it's a minimum type contract, like I just the dude played like what, like twelve games in two oh, years. Like I will be ups and I'll be enraged if he gets a minimum contract and accepts it. But that's like seems like it could happen. No, I like I would be I would be more enraged if he signed somewhere for twenty million dollars. I don't think anybody should be that stupid. Like I love Victor Oladipo; he's a very incredible player, and I was so excited when he got traded to Miami. Sure, but the dude cannot stay healthy. I assume that he'd acquired him with like a 10% chance that he'd be able to play the whole year. Like Houston probably knew what they were doing in this situation. And it's because he's so talented and he could be so talented, but this isn't like Clay Thompson where we truly know he's going to come back and at least be able to do the one thing he's always been good at. Like we don't know what Victor Oladipo is going to look like next time he's on the court. And we don't know when that next time is going to be as too much, that's too many factors to commit that much money to. Well, that's about sums up the NBA. I mean, the Bucks, new champions, the draft's coming up very shortly. This could be the year where we have some pretty aggressive uh, NBA trade, or sorry, draft night trades, which I think I'd say the last one we had was, you know, the Jimmy Butler one, like Zach Levine, all that yeah. in terms of blockbuster status. There hasn't been yeah. a whole lot since. I mean, there's been like, you know, picks like Trey Young and Luca's pick swaps, but that was kind of one. But of not like a training of a star or a superstar. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it'll be interesting. I think the most likely one to get traded on draft night would be Beal. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like he wants out and wants out now. Yeah. As I was say, it sounds like he wants out before or due to the draft. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll, we'll keep you posted. 
have a good report for next week. So I got some more sports to get to, though. Don't you worry. What do you want to start with in football? Because there was there was an odd little bit of news here for football. Lots of people getting mad. Lots of people wanting to move. Lots of people changing teams. Um, maybe start with the Eagles. Let's start nice and simple. All right. Eagles bring in some defensive back help. They bring in Stevie Nelson, who played with the Steelers last year. I can attest that he's pretty good. I'll be honest, like he's, he's very solid. I believe he was operating as our number two for most of the year. Um, he, he's, you know, small, which most defensive backs are, but that, that's like the one thing that was always a little worrisome. But he does pack a punch. Like, the, that dude can hit. So, I, I, I mean, obviously, with, with how bad your secondary was, like, most things are going to help. But I actually thought that was – like, when you told me that, I thought that was a pretty good signing by you guys. Yeah, I'm sure on paper it will be. Uh, the Eagles luck, though, and this happens every time they sign a quarterback, other than Darius Slay, I'd say, and Asante Samuel a few years ago. Asante. No matter who it is and, like, how much star power they have, they don't pan out. It's just – so, I'm, I'm – I believe me, I would love if we had a good secondary for once in my life because the last time we had it, I was probably, like, six. And it was, that was a good time. Brian Dawkins, Sheldon Brown, Lita Shepard, and Quentin Michael. That was like, like that was was a stacked group. I have hope, but also like, you know, I listen, I hope he's, I hope he's serviceable. That's all I need. Cause he doesn't have to be the, he doesn't have to be the CB one. He has to be the two guy and, or play the nickel. Maybe who knows? You know, the, the Steelers defense fell apart at the end of the season, but like, first of all, it wasn't his fault. And second of all, he played a part of what was, for most of the season, the best defense in football. He was a starting piece on that. He was the number two corner. That's a good slot he can fill into. Yeah. But uh, if none of them pan out, I think that's a system issue. Just, just so you're. Oh, it is. Way. No, it's a hundred percent system <laughs> issue. It's not. It's not a curse. It's the system. Perfect. Just, just wanted to make sure. Don't worry. Just wanted to make sure. All right. Um, little drama, I guess, in Arizona. Chandler Jones, the star linebacker, has officially requested a trade. Um. Didn't really hear much about this up until just reading the article saying that he wanted out, um, you know, formerly on the Patriots. Uh, do you think they're one of the teams that tries to get bring him back? I hope not, but man. I mean, of course. Uh, here's my theory why he wants out. The next part of the story, DeAndre Hopkins. So the NFL announced COVID rules. I'd say uh, the idea is if there is like an outbreak for a team or if they don't violate COVID protocol, they could potentially forfeit games, which I think they really should have done last year, but Hey, I'm, I'm not the commissioner. DeAndre Hopkins, after seeing that, who I'm going to only assume is not vaccinated judging by this tweet. uh, Basically it's now deleted, but it was man, like the NFL making me get vaccinated. So like, he's like basically saying he doesn't want to get the vaccine, but he's going to hurt his team. So he might as well just retire which well, we won't even, we're not going to get into like the politicking of the whole vaccine stuff. The tweet's now deleted. He's going to play next season, but, or at least that's what he says. Uh, is he turning into Antonio Brown? Are we going to have a situation where we get like him just be bopping around? The amount that I want to say yes is overwhelming, but no, he's yeah. just, I don't mean to be too rude here, but he's a little stupid. Like, I'm sorry. I, this is something I've specifically been saying about sports and like with the Olympics too. It's like when you're this committed, like this is your job, this is your life. And it is very easy to get the coronavirus in what you do. 
I don't understand why you don't just get the vaccine for the sake of not having to worry about it. Like if DeAndre Hopkins is truly one of those people that believes that there's stuff in the vaccine that's going to, you know, track him or kill him or whatever, like, I guess I get it because you're allowed to believe whatever, whatever you would like to believe, but man, you're talking about committing, you know, not wanting to hurt your team and you're talking about retiring. How does that hurt more than you missing a game or two because you got COVID or, or because you didn't get vaccine or you got the vaccine and you had to miss a week? How, how, how is that more beneficial to your, to your franchise? He didn't think this through. He, that's why he deleted the tweet. He's being a little rash and a little dumb. He's not going to exploit Antonio Brown was a, was a once in a lifetime scenario for, for the football world. But Hopkins just needs, you know, even if it pisses him off, just truly understand what your team needs here. You're the, you're maybe the best receiver in football. Retiring is not an option in the prime of your career. Get the vaccine, play football with Kyler Murray or don't and get COVID and get fined. If you fuck up, you know, that's, that's the other rule. Well, here's the other thing too. It's not like, okay, there are definitely a lot of people in the NFL who don't have the vaccine like that. I you've noticed, I think, Minnesota, I don't know if it was an O-line coach or a strength coach. Yeah, one he, of their assistant coaches. Yeah, he left because this whole debacle. He's like, I, I don't want to get it, so therefore I'm leaving. From my understanding, it's not like the NFL is mandating people have the vaccine. So if you don't, and you know, that is your own personal choice. If you believe it could hurt you, you know, fine. But you can also like if you you know, once you can wear a mask, like you can go back to what yeah. we did before the people who are like, I'm not going to get the vaccine. And then, Oh, but I'm not going to wear a mask. Like that's, that was the problem we had a year ago at this point and even further than that. So I don't know, to me, I don't like, I understand why the NFL is mandating it. They want COVID mm-hmm. to stop. I mean, there's this whole Delta variant, which is just, just causing issues for people who are unvaccinated at this point. So I don't know. That's about it for that. You know, it would be really interesting to see a team forfeit a game because I don't think we've, I don't think we've seen a forfeit in our life. No, I don't think so. I mean, we got like the Ravens tried real hard last year, but they just kept getting games rescheduled. Yes. They, um. Yes. But yeah, I don't. I don't think we've ever seen a team not have enough players to be able to go onto the field. No. Yeah. But I think those are big. Um, the Bucks got their Super Bowl rings. They're utterly gorgeous. Uh, the top comes off, and you can have a little mini Raymond James stadium underneath go check it out really beautiful rings uh Tom Brady had was wearing seven of them which just feels like his hand should be like that's gonna be heavy those are dense rings dense rings are nice the probably the last thing right about we have the Packers so we talked about last week Aaron Rodgers being disgruntled apparently Packers were in talks with Dante Adams for an extension those have ceased and then this past week, Devonte Adams posted a photo of Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, like shaking hands, fist bumping on the courts. And Aaron Rodgers also posted that same photo. What could this mean? I think a lot of people believe it's the last dance. So I would imagine this would be something like they play next year. Disgruntled, maybe. They see what happens. I don't think it's going to be as easy as, oh, we're going to win the championship. I, Aaron Rodgers, is going to retire, and Devontae Adams can go do whatever. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot more difficult than that. But, you know, do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to play next year? You know, just be all no. annoyed? No, no, I don't. And you want to hear the even hotter take? Sure. 
after that on Instagram, I don't think Devontae Adams is going to play next year. That maybe is just because we had this conversation about COVID and maybe it's a one-year type of deal. Or maybe he just doesn't want to play in Green Bay anymore. We brought up the last dance. That that's like the the fist bump. That's like the we're done. That's it. We're like good job. We're that doesn't entitle entail coming back another time. That made me that I seeing that made me think they're letting everybody know that that was it. That it's over. I already don't believe. Regardless of what happens with Adams, do not think Aaron Rodgers is going to play football this season. We'll see with Adams, but like that, that was that was scary. If I'm a Packers fan, I'm terrified. If I'm in the Packers front office, I'm literally shitting my pants. I, those are the two best players you've had in the last decade. What are you gonna do? Oh no, they'd they'd be doomed with it. Like even if you could make an argument, like maybe if Jordan Love is as great as you know they think he's gonna be, having him with Devonte Adams, like that's mm-hmm. could be seamless. But yeah, out one of the best receivers in the league to throw to. Like, you got Valdez Scantling. You got Alamazar. St. Brown. Yes. You got apparently just a lot of people with multiple names in that team. I mean, you have Aaron Jones, but I don't think Aaron Jones can carry all that weight. Mm-hmm. Time will tell with that. That's interesting, though. Um, also, very high levels of pettiness, which, hey, very much enjoyable as fans of not Green Bay. Um, Absolutely. We are always here for the petty parts of sports. That's that's why we love them so much. Yeah. That's it for football here. Going to get into baseball before we crack back into the final top 10 for our NBA player ranking. Again, the trade deadline rapidly approaching in baseball. It is going to be on Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern time, 3 central, if you live in an Iowa like me. So some of the moves that I've already had, we talked about Jock Pedersen last week going to the Braves. Unfortunate. Um, so the first one was that as – happened in this past week the Rays acquired the designated hitter and I guess technically outfielder Nelson Cruz from the Minnesota Twins Nelson Cruz having a sensational you know end of his career he's 39 years old and he's belting home runs like he's 25 years old it's it's spectacular to watch he's gonna now go on to a team competing for a division title competing for potentially a world series run um so I it was a four-player deal I don't know nobody else too major was really brought up in it but Cruz going from one of the worst teams in baseball to a contender was the main part of that. But that wasn't it for the Rays, as they also continued to move. As the Mets were looking for starting pitching, they were able to acquire Rich Hill from the Rays, along with, I believe, Luis Rojas came along in return for Tommy Hunter, who's a relief pitcher and a minor league catcher. So the Rays looking to booster their bullpen a little bit. The Mets looking to bolster their starting rotation, bringing in Rich Hill, who do you think won that second trade there between between the Mets and the Rays? On paper, I, I really thought the Mets, like, that was a good pick for the Mets. Like, Rich Hill, I think, does a lot. I mean, they have DeGrom. DeGrom, we know, is great. But there's not much else after that. So, to me, I think it's worthwhile having him, or which Rich Hill. But I, I think there's – the Rays are in this weird spot where – I'd say kind of like Cleveland a few years ago where they have like good talent, but they're kind of like keeping the payroll short and like getting prospects as you develop. It's an interesting idea. I mean, they went to the world series last year, but they're keeping things cheap down in Tampa Bay. That they are. We will see if they continue to make moves or if they're going to kind of now that they made a couple in a row here. 
Um, but those are the only two trades that have gone through in the past week. Again, next five days, we're going to probably see a couple more. We'll see what happens with the Cubs, uh, guys like uh, Kendall Graveman on the Mariners, and, you know, people in these certain positions, closers, whatever. You know, the Mets wanted a starter. They went out and got a starter. You can probably assume a couple other teams are at least going to go out and get something that can that can work. And a lot of these guys, especially <laughs> there's like eight players in the Cubs that's names keep coming up in potential trades talks. Kimbrell, Baez, Rizzo, Bryant, name name a Cub, and he's probably up for trade. And the other team to watch out for is the Cincinnati Reds because Nick Castellanos is now probably going to be out for over a month. Um, so it's going to maybe they bail on a couple of their guys that have been playing hot. And maybe they try and go after somebody to replace him. Castellanos has the, I believe, best batting average in the uh, National League this year, over 330. So that's it, going to be a tough one to come back from, but we'll see what they end up doing as well. So that, that's pretty much what we have for the trade talk in the MLB. The last bit of news here for baseball would be that the Cleveland Indians are going to officially change their name to the Cleveland Guardians starting next season, 2022. Uh, you know, the Indians, the red logo has been, or the red Indian logo has been gone for a couple of years now, but they, they wanted to fully commit to this. They have now officially changed their name. They will be the Cleveland Guardians. What do you what do you think of the Guardians of Cleveland? Base, baseball's Guardians. I don't think it's bad. I think it sort of fits. And to me, this move is what we had really talked about with Washington. Or like go with the Warriors or the, I don't know, the Stars. Like something just that kind of is similar. The Guardian seems like a pretty generic name. It's nothing that's like, wow, this is incredible. But, you know, it's a place or I, no, it's not a placeholder, but it's they're going to be their official name. I don't I don't mind it. Uh, it's better than the Indians, as we kind of know. So, yeah, I'm just I'm sure getting a perspective from a Cleveland fan would be a little more in, interesting. But to me, general indifference. I'm glad they're changing it, you know, for the betterment of think society maybe and stuff not being as outdated as it once was but guardians it is and we'll see if they can guard something I don't, they, what are they guarding tell me what they're guarding home plate what if they're trying to score i'll come back to you my, right. my friends who watch I've baseball all left i've stopped <laughs> All right, that's what we got, though, for bait. Well, the Mar- Marvel Studios' next big picture is going to be the Guardians of the Galaxy versus the Guardians of Cleveland. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be Jose Ramirez versus Starler. And Raji Davis will make a guest appearance. Yes, of course. Also, home run off of uh, Drax. And Trevor Bauer will get kicked off set. Okay, good talk. Our quick last thing I wanted to sneak in here, the NFL, or excuse me, NHL draft did happen this past week. The big note that I wanted to bring up was that the – Michigan Wolverines had four players drafted in the top five numbers, one, two, four, and five. Never has that happened in the history of the NHL draft. So shout out to their program, honestly underachieved because they didn't even, I don't even believe they made the frozen four this year with that stacked of a crew, but either way, fantastic for all of those guys. And for the teams picking Kraken, making their first official draft pick as an NHL franchise. So that was kind of cool. They picked number two. So Good luck to all of those gentlemen in their future careers. No longer Michigan, now now officially professional hockey players. Especially uh, the Sabres. Good luck to them. <laughs> look, look, we're big Buffalo guys now. At least you are. I, I definitely have to be. Yeah, the Sabres 
Oh, uh, who was their first pick? Because I just saw their – they had a bunch of picks. They had um, the That's number good. one, the number 14, and 33, which then 33 is the second round. But, yeah, Owen Power. Six, Owen six. Power, yep. Gigantic. Yeah, monster. The defenseman, oh. right? Yes. Yep. That's the oh. guy. I will be rooting for him when I go to the $10 Sabres games. <laughs> That, hey we love living in cities of the bad sports teams because the cheap tickets like when i when my brother went to to pit and the pirates i mean the pirates probably suck but they were terrible and we would go to double headers for like 16 dollars. yeah i was, i'll have to grab one of those jerseys and then like walk there because it's like it's probably a mile away from where i live now and to me that's it's just nice it's convenient i agree all right, with that, we are going to move into the back half of the episode here, and we are going to conclude this long-winded event that we have, we have brought to you, our, our top 50 NBA players segment, current NBA players. We've been doing this for about a month at this point, a little over, and I was going to culminate here with the last 10 best players in the current NBA. All of these guys are superstars. All of these guys could take any team to the to the playoffs and beyond starting number 10 alex let's let it rip i've been growing this out to talk about him it's the beard james harden and i think well obviously robbie is a little more polarized about mr harden than i am but his accomplishments on the court they do wonders in terms of just pure statistics. The man will either score on you from three, will either score on you by driving on you, like phenomenal lefty, or will absolutely get a foul call because he is probably one of the best players at doing that. Smart, intelligent. <laughs> you are upset listening to this. But, I mean, James Harden, though, like he may shoot at such a high volume but in terms of what he could, what he did for the Rockets, he would score 30 points per game, was the reason that they were a great team and were always competitive in the Western Conference. And barring injuries this year, I think he really found his footing in Brooklyn, being not necessarily the number one guy having to do everything, but being able to facilitate, assist, and I think that was better for him. His playoffs were cut short this year. Because of his nagging hamstring injury, he played through it. And honestly, for what the injury was, I think played pretty well. It was admirable. It, it was. I hope you're not being sarcastic. No, no, I'm not. And okay. I'm going to prove it in a second, but I'm not happy. So James Harden is my number 10. I think the ring is the one thing eluding him, but he does have MVP. He's got, you know, scoring titles, the whole shebang. So, um, Unfortunately... For the third time here, I am in agreeable with you. The 10th best player in basketball is, in fact, James Harden. Look, I think I'm not, if I'm being honest, he probably started at like 20 on this list just because I was, but he is, I have finally admitted that James Harden is a top 10 player in basketball in the modern NBA. But nonetheless, he is an exceptional offensive piece. He is, he genuinely might be the best playmaker in basketball. And it, it pains me to say that, but the man averaged just under 11 assists per game this past year, a very short season for him under, under 50 games, but the numbers are there. Like you said, from a stat standpoint, he's one of the best we have in our game. Defense eludes him to this day. He doesn't really know what it is, but when, when he has to, he will at least put in some effort, which is nicer to see than as opposed to when he was in Houston 
and it was just zero effort all the time. It's tough to truly see how valuable he is on a Brooklyn team that's stacked in terms of star power, but you know the impact he has offensively. You, you, you like you said, the the minimal amounts he was able to contribute in that end of that Buck series went went leaps and bounds over whoever you know Tyler Johnson or whoever else is going to be taking over the point guard role in his stead. The other thing being that he can play both guard positions. He is versatile in that sense. I don't believe he has ever been the best player in basketball, despite having an MVP. And I, I truly believe, like you said, the ring is something that is going to elude him probably forever. Uh, we'll see with this Brooklyn squad. But that's going to be always the thing that separates him from Iverson and Wade. Iverson didn't, you know, win an NBA championship, but he he was, you know, I, we always talk, I, pound for pound, one of the best basketball players of all time. And then Dwayne Wade, three-time NBA champion. He didn't get the MVP. He's got a scoring title, 13-time All-Star to kind of, you know, even that out. Harden, we'll, we'll see how close he gets by the end of his career, but for now, I'll at least admit he's a pretty damn good player. Number 10, no higher, no higher. All right. I guess I will guess we'll take that. Number nine, I have the wonder kid, Luka Doncic. Okay. I like it. I think despite only being in the league for three years at this point, he has done, like, it is incredible how good he is. And this is part of the reason as we talk about in other episodes and I talked about earlier, Playing overseas seems to just do wonders for developments, and I think there'll be a trend in the few years where some of the better players that get drafted or picked up by teams are from those overseas leagues. He will win an MVP at some point. He hasn't yet. He's super young, like. I think he's as old as we are. I think he's 22, 23. <laughs> the, the, the dude's going to be winning NBA championships when we're barely getting our nine-to-fives. Yeah. He like In terms of what he can do, it's incredible because he's not the fastest player. He's not the most athletic person, but he has this just sense of the game where he can take charge and like slow down everyone and everything. It's actually incredible to watch. And his step back is... I'd say up there with Harden's in terms of such yeah, a disgustingly good move. I mean, Giannis zero step is another signature one. He's going to do such great things. And that's maybe right now where I, I'm at with him is like a little bit more on the hype side, but we've seen what he can do thus far. And I think the sky's the limit at this point. He is probably right. the closest thing to like the next coming of LeBron maybe other than Zion that we have seen. And I think this is more of like, oh, we've seen this and we've seen what he can do. People could argue that maybe without having, like he's lost in the first round of the past years. Superstars usually should be able to carry their team. But to me, I think he needs a little bit of help. And 23 years old. Not that help. So no, 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 no. Chris Stapps, I can't really even believe he made my list, but um. No, Luca. For how young he is, this is just his third year in the NBA, and his his sense of control of pace of the game is is beyond his age. It's incredible how you know, he sees the game almost in a way that like Chris Paul or Steph Curry does, and it's spectacular to watch. It's such like it it makes you wonder just how good and how smart he's going to get. De- defense is going to come as he gets bigger and stronger, but my lord, lord, Luca is going to be like you said. He's going to be an MVP surefire at some point in this league. However, my number nine does differ here. Here he is. Ah, here he is. Take it as bias if you want. I am going to do what I can to prove that it's not. The ninth best player in the modern NBA is 
Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Buckets, small forward shooting guard for the Miami Heat. Led them to the NBA championship last season in the bubble. People call it a fluke. People are wrong. It's a fluke. Jimmy Butler goes very underappreciated because he's not a scoring superstar. In fact, that he's good at it. He's a 21-point-per-game scorer. He can do it. He's not a shooter, though. But the things that fall from, from grace with Jimmy are how good at rebounding and passing he is. He's a better passer than uh, Ben Simmons. He is a better rebounder than Luka – or excuse me, better rebounder than Luka Doncic. Better rebounder than James Harden. He, he does – so much for this team. The issues come with his health. You know, he only played 52 games this season. He missed a lot of the first part of the year. And that was kind of why he wasn't an all-star. It was probably why he didn't really get his name up there for things like the defensive player of the year and, and stuff. But in terms of winning basketball, you know, we always talk about, when you talk about the guys that could turn on a switch, hit a button and just start going and playing a different level of basketball than you've seen before. We always talk about Kobe Bryant because you could literally, you could always visually see it. Jimmy Butler isn't, it can't get it to that level, but you can see it the way that when the bubble started last year, Jimmy Butler was doing no wrong. Jimmy Butler was making every shot, taking all the right ones, making great passes, great plays. And at the end of the regular season this year, you saw it when the Heat needed to get a push to the playoffs. But once they got there, it wasn't there. That's why Jimmy isn't top five because he couldn't, you know, you know, it's, it's you know, it's I feel a little nitpicky to be like, oh, he couldn't beat Giannis, the NBA champ. But like, he couldn't, and that's part that's part of why he isn't any, any higher on this list. But the things that he brings to the court, the intelligence, the tenacity, the fun, the the culture that he like, we talk about Miami's culture, but Jimmy brought part of it when he came to Miami. He he just meshed so well there. If you're talking about making a winning play, if if it's not scoring the basketball, there are a few other players that you would want to do to get a steal or get a rebound than Jimmy Butler and the last moments of a game. He showed his value in 2020. I promise you he's going to do it again this next year. Jimmy Butler is a top 10 basketball player for me. He's number nine. Take it or leave it. I will leave it, but I understand. We talked about this last week. All right, let's, let's get into the thick of things. Eight. I got Dame time. Damian Lillard. I do too. Okay. Then let's let's both workshop. Say, let's let's discuss. I think you could make an argument in clutch time. He should be the t- like one. number one person on the list. Yeah, easily. Cold blooded, and what we saw him do against the Nuggets this year was nothing short of spectacular. I think his team does hold him back. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of negatives you can really say about him. Like he does a lot. Like he yeah. is a superstar. He is the guy. He's the reason Portland. That, has been relevant for the past, I'd say, 10 years, give or take. You could argue Aldridge, McCollum had a hand in it, but right. Dame's, Dame's the guy and has been. And he's not an elite-level defensive player, but he's no longer a, a poor defender. He can stay in he, front of guys. He's serviceable. He's just a, such a competitor. I mean, the thing really eluding him is no ring, and time mm-hmm. will tell if he wants out there, and who knows, but – yeah, I like Dame at eight. I think – I don't really know if he could increase himself unless people really had drop-offs. That's, Embiid would have to get hurt again. That, that, that's – he, he has a chance. Um, yeah, I just want to bring up – I love this stat. In terms of the last five and a half seconds of a basketball game, Damian Lillard is the highest scorer in NBA history. Yeah. He – the clutch gene is just 
it, it lives in his right arm. It, it is just where that is the origin of the clutch gene is, is Damian Lillard's arm. It is incredible. More playoff buzzer beaters than anyone in the modern NBA, other than I believe LeBron James. The dude just makes everything. He he walks over half court and you have to pick him up or he's a liability to shoot and hit that shot. There are very few, maybe only one or two other players that you can say that about in the current NBA or in the history of the NBA. Dame is scary how good he is offense. It's scary how good he could be if he played with like a LeBron James or a Kevin Durant. Well, maybe not Kevin Durant if you're watching Team USA, but Dame at eight, this feels right. He gets some more hardware, and then we'll talk about him moving up. All right. Number seven. All right, I think we may be in agreement with this I, one. Too. I think we're going to have a couple in agreement for, for a minute here. I have Jokic at seven. I as well have Nikola Jokic at seven. Let's, so the MVP, but there are some caveats here. Well, okay. I went back and forth about him and Embiid. Mm-hmm. I think if you had asked me this last year, because I had Jokic above Embiid, and Jokic was like the cut the cutoff of the top 10, I believe, when we did this last. To me, Jokic's game, he can do a lot more. Like he scores fine. I'd say like him and like Embiid may score a little bit more, but you know, they both score a ton and they're very conscious, like they contribute a lot. I think Jokic is not as good of a defender, but he's also you know better at facilitating and assisting and is does a lot more of that. Yeah. The one thing I always knocked Embiid about was not being able to score in the clutch and that was some or like i don't know if to say he shy away but just he would fall apart in the playoffs mm-hmm. this year he did not i mean the sixers still still broke my heart but mb definitely didn't shy away and i think it's because he had a little bit more spacing and a little more weapons mm-hmm. without him they would have sucked so to me Jokic is seven he was the mvp i still think he deserved the mvp just because Embiid was hurt and that's even i should be a little more biased toward Embiid. But I love his play. I remember I saw him, I don't know if it was his rookie year or his second year, he dropped a triple-double against Golden State. He can do that quite a lot. And he's the reason the Nuggets will continue to be good. I mean, Jamal Murray has an impact, but Jokic is the engine that drives that team. And 100%. Yeah, that's why I'm there. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's the best passing big man in all of basketball. That includes Giannis, that includes Bam. Um in, in terms of offense, his, his ability is unlimited. He, there's nothing he can't do on the offensive end. Defensively, he is an average NBA center, and that's why I always ranked Embiid above him. The biggest argument against Embiid being higher than Jokic, other than the MVP award, has to be the amount of games Joel Embiid played. You know, the reason we all believe that Embiid truly lost the MVP was because he got hurt for those two weeks. But I found out a very interesting stat that is going to nix a lot of your former arguments in the butt. Joel Embiid finished second place for the MVP this year and played less games than Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler played 52 games. Joel Embiid played 51 games. Jimmy Butler wasn't an all-star because of how many games he missed. Joel Embiid was the second MVP candidate. That doesn't matter because what, what we're talking about isn't who's on the court all the time. It is who is the best basketball player. Jokic is phenomenal. He's the MVP. He is maybe the best offensive big man we have in basketball. But And I assume we're getting to that number six for both of us is also Joel Embiid. Yes. Joel Embiid is the best center in basketball. He is an all-around superstar. He is a three-level scorer. He turned into a clutch scorer, which is something that even still eludes Giannis at times. He can, Like I said, three-level scorer, so he's a big man that can shoot threes. You can run plays for him from deep now instead of just a spot-up or like a pass-back off a, off a screen and pop. 
He is the most physically dominant player on the inside of the paint. And the only thing that I could possibly think of as a negative for this man is his health. That being said, if I was a Sixers fan, like, like you are, I would be so much more scared than Sixers fans tend to be about his health because Joel Embiid has not gone through a full season yet. Well, last year technically, but the Sixers weren't going to win without Ben Simmons. The reason you lost to the Hawks was because of the injury. He wasn't, he was at least to an extent limited. Danny Green being off the court doesn't help, but that's the only negative I could think about Joel Embiid. But if you talk about most dominant centers, he is the most dominant center since Shaquille O'Neal. And that is not a question. I think there's a little bit of mental maturing that needs to occur. Something about it. He just not, not in terms of his game. It's playoff time. For whatever reason he had, like in, I would say tense games where it's close. Like, yeah, you'd slaughter the wizards. Okay, fine. But something with it. And I can't like really, I will do my best to describe it. This is something I feel and like kind of notice. He just, for whatever reason, like in, clutch situations just something about it where it just he doesn't perform up to his standards I don't know if it's a mental thing I don't know if whatever it may be I mean the injury definitely didn't help this year Mm -hmm. but that is something that I need to see a little bit more growth from and that is an element like Jokic is better at than he is so it was why it was a little bit difficult but yeah I'm very happy having Embiid on my team looking forward to seeing him Continue to prosper. I hope he does stay healthy, though. I know it's that the injury concern has definitely gotten lost in the shuffle a bit just from how good of a season he had. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's hard being a seven footer. And breaking being, news: Joel Embiid wants to come to the Miami Heat. What? I mean, it wouldn't surprise me because every report is I want to go somewhere that's you know warm. You rank Jimmy Butler at fifteen or at fourteen. It's only my civic duty to annoy you about Joel Embiid. Well, because Jimmy Butler should be there. Right, Jimmy Butler right. would not have been the top 10 if he was not in the heat. I'll tell you that right now. Rob. I agree, but sometimes that's part of it is finding the right system. Like Steph no, Curry he, wouldn't be the next player I'm about to list if he wasn't a Golden State Warrior. I'm telling you, it's that it's the team bias. You would, even if Jimmy Butler was like still like on the Timberwolves or no, he had Timberwolves because Timberwolves suck, but like on a team and did the same thing, if it was not the heat. Had he made well, okay. I guess part of it is that I do get to watch him more. I don't. I don't know if that's truly biased. I try to just. I see a lot of Jimmy Butler, so I see the few mistakes he makes. I see the lots of good things he does. I feel like you know. I also ranked Embiid where you do, but there's probably a lot of people that put Jokic ahead of Embiid. I assume that is part of it. Is like you can see in Embiid more of the great things he can do than Jokic simply because you watch him more. I think that does factor in at a point, but I understand why you have players like Luca and Davis ahead of, not Davis, but Luca ahead of Jimmy Butler, because, you know, it's fair. Lots of people have Luca in their top five at this point in his career, which is a little crazy, but like, I get it, but I I see so much in Jimmy Butler and it is so difficult to get a team to the NBA finals. And that's something that lots of players, you know, Davis didn't do by himself. Harden hasn't done by himself. Um, Luca has plenty of time, but hasn't done by himself. Jimmy has, Jimmy won two games. Jimmy had a 40 point triple double against LeBron James in the NBA finals. That doesn't just, happen but we're, we're we're past jimmy he's not top five but that's where we're at now the top five the pinnacle of the nba mount rushmore plus one number five who's the fifth best player in basketball uh, th- steph curry's mine it is steph curry okay because the next four are gonna get difficult dicey 
Yeah. To me, and I think I want to just pat myself on the back when we talked about this in our last top 10, people always forget how good Steph Curry is Mm -hmm. and what he can do because Durant came and it sort of tarnished it. You saw how berserk he went when he had to be the guy. I mean, he won the scoring title this year. He had just, he's the reason the Warriors even got to the playing game and mm-hmm. had a chance. Yeah, Steph Curry does utter wonders. And it'll be great to see him have like Clay Thompson hopefully back next year and have a full squad around him. He's the best shooter of all time. I feel like yep. that's almost inarguable at this point. I mean, you could argue Clay Thompson in terms of and that shooting. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's at this point, that's kind of all. He changed the NBA, not only like play wise, but also like culturally. I mean, go to any rec game now, you're seeing kids shoot like threes from 30 feet away, like way behind the arc. They'll miss and they'll miss horribly, but it's because of Steph Curry. It is entirely his fault and his his legacy. But great, <laughs> phenomenal shooter. One of my favorite players to watch. I had a chance to see him live a few years ago, which was awesome. He's number five, and just I'm so glad he had this performance because he, he gets such little respect now that what he deserves. And yeah, I, I agree. He is like literally a generational offensive talent. He is he is one of the best point guards, if not the best point guard in the history of basketball. He is, you know, the best shooter ever. The reason he's not higher on five is because he is not a very good defensive player, but that has never been a huge factor based just on, he is one of those few that how good he is at offense really does outweigh his inabilities on defense. Cause he, he's a little worse than a Dame type. Like Dame's a serviceable defender. Steph Curry is like, he's not a good defender, but he, no. he definitely can guard some guys. He can guard some bench pieces. Um, but man, I mean, 32, five and a half and six in an off year where he led the league in scoring. That with without his second best player, that's that's crazy. That's absurd. I don't know if I'd call him the best point guard in, in, in basketball, his his hit in the history of basketball, but he is the best point guard in the modern basketball. You know, that that is if you don't count LeBron James as a point guard, but I don't think many people do. So Seth Curry, number five. My guess is that's more or less we might have one more consensus, but I, I think that's we have one more, I think, if I'm if I'm guessing correctly, but top four now. These, this is the upper echelon. These are the best players in basketball. These are the all-around superstars. I know it's going to hurt me, but who's number four for you? It's LeBron James. Explain why. Explain, it just, I think do your well, best. for yeah, an all-time career out of all these guys on the list, he'd be number one, obviously. I just think in terms of what LeBron can do at this age, he'd fall in four. I think the guys above him, could definitely beat him and contain him when need be. This this is not to say LeBron is well, – I mean, LeBron's in the decline. I'll, I'll say it. And it'll be gradual. But we saw in the playoffs this year, LeBron needs to have another piece around him. He can't do it all by himself again, which – I mean, in itself is nothing short of incredible. Like the stuff he did in Cleveland was just, he willed some awful teams to championships or, well, sorry, to the NBA championship. He's still one of the smartest basketball players you will ever see, can do a ton for his team. And you know, any team would be grateful to have him. I just think we're at that point of decline and the guys above him, I think are 
better than him in terms of career accolades, you know, definitely not. But at this point, I think it's the injuries are slowing him down, got mileage on him. And yeah. I look, I, I, for the first time ever, I get it. You know, he's not his peak athleticism anymore. He's not his peak self. His intelligence hasn't really gone anywhere, but you know, he's 30 plus 35 plus at this point, he was gonna, it was Michael Jordan declined at a point. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar declined at a point. They were, they all declined. Kobe Bryant, they all Mm -hmm. have to take a seat back at step back at some point. You're right. LeBron can't do it without a superstar anymore. Four to me, obviously is is a stretch, but I, again, I get it. It's, it's the time it is slowly and gradually going to be the, the end of the LeBron James era in basketball. However, for me, that is not the case, at least for four here. For me, four, and it changed when that 50 spot was dropped. Kawhi Leonard is the fourth best player in basketball for me. He did one of the most impressive things you've ever seen in Toronto. And and take this random-ass squad to the championship. One year you play for their franchise. You hit the only game seven buzzer beater in the history of the NBA playoffs in spectacular fashion over a superstar defender like Joel Embiid. You, you run past Giannis, you run past an injured warriors, you were your NBA champions. What's he done since he's gone to the Clippers and he has had two disappointing playoff runs where they lost in the second round in the bubble and where he gets injured in the second round. We talk a lot about load management. Now he, he, he takes off back-to-backs to get healthy for the playoffs and low and be healed. You know, I blame this one a little more on the short offseason, but he got injured during the playoffs when it mattered most, as so many players seem to have done this year. Consistently, it's there. He's still a superstar night in and night out. He's still probably the best perimeter defensive, defensive player basketball has to offer. It's him or Simmons. But, man, staying on the court is a big part of this. It's why Embiid's not top five. And it's why Kawhi is not top three. Again, Kawhi played less than 60 games. It is an issue. You, if you want to be the best, LeBron James doesn't miss games unless he's literally hurt. Kevin Durant doesn't miss games unless he's literally hurt. Giannis doesn't miss games. Kawhi does all of the time. It is a negative impact on his career. He is not a top three player in basketball. Change my mind. Go ahead. Well, I just think any of the guys you could list, Kawhi Leonard could lock up. That's my problem with it. And that's, that's why I have him higher on the list. And we'll get to that shortly. Just, yeah, injuries derailed his career, but he's had some pretty vicious injuries. I mean, he 100% yeah. tore his ACL. Whatever the reports want to tell you, he tore his ACL. And that's not an easy injury, despite the fact it happens so frequently in sports. This, I genuinely believe if he didn't get Zaza Pachulia, like he could. I, he, I mean, obviously he'd play more, but the sky's the limit. I mean, the guy, he just is so incredible, so cold-blooded. And I've said this before, he's the closest thing to Michael Jordan we've seen since MJ in terms of just ability to score at will. If he's within 15 feet, he'll, he'll score on you. No problem. No questions Fair. asked. Well, then I ask, is he number three for you? No, he's not. Who's number three then? Giannis Antetokounmpo. And you can – anyone can bully me about my pick to put LeBron at four all you want. But after what Giannis did, he, he wasn't, listen, he wasn't the only person on his team making plays like Chris Middleton had an impact. Drew holiday had an impact. Giannis though played through injuries, really 
was the catalyst for why his team won the championship. What I will say, though, is, and, you know, despite the fact that they won, they did not really look that great, and that's kind of a team thing. Giannis's free throw shooting is still spotty at best. Did great in that last game, though. He did. He was 17 for 19, I think. That's why he dropped 50, quite frankly. Yeah. And they needed pretty <laughs> much every, every point. Night. Uh, he is developing. Like, he is still not in his prime, so to speak, yet. Like, he yeah. is a, he's literally the Greek freak. His athleticism is unquestioned. It's probably some of the best you will ever see. If he could shoot consistently, and I'm not just saying like three pointers, like you'd shoot, you know, 15, 20 foot jumpers. He's getting better. Don't get me wrong. He's mm-hmm. like, you could watch him given some space. He can shoot in your face. I'd say give him some time. I put him at three. Now the NBA championship he won has finally lifted a lot of, you know, critics and haters like off his back. Which is great, honestly. I, you know, and let me tell you, I'm one of them. That's good, and I think he should because the whole thing was this guy is one of the best players in basketball. He should win a championship, and he finally did, and he did it on his yeah. own terms. You, you, you said Giannis hasn't quite even reached his peak yet. I disagree to an extent. I believe that 50 point game six was the start of his peak. I believe this is we are going to continue to see him get better. That doesn't mean he's like peaking in terms of how good he is but physically i don't know how much better he can get i don't know how much more athletic he's gonna get at this point he's gonna get smarter he's gonna get smoother but man well that's what i am not saying like i don't think he's gonna be like even more freakish like i think he said his point in that regard but the shooting the court vision like things that you could argue lebron or kevin durant has over him i will get to that point no, he, he will. And that, if anything, game six of the NBA finals proved that, mm-hmm. um, you know, I started Giannis at six on this list. He slowly moved his way back into the top five. It was always going to happen, to be honest. Then that moving past Curry and then he dropped 50 points in the NBA finals. And I think he he's always playing. He doesn't miss many games during the regular season. And I mean, he for the first time in his career, I believe that he could go through what LeBron James went through in Cleveland in terms of because I disagree with what you said about that last game. I don't think he had very much help. I think that's why he dropped 50 points. But I know what you meant during the NBA finals. He yeah, had a lot okay. more help. That's fine. But Middleton played very poorly in game six. Sure. Drew Holiday didn't shoot very well in game six. Bobby Portis was their second best player in game six, wow. dropping 16 points. Mr. Bug Eyes. Giannis carried them. Giannis did that. That, that was one of the best basketball games, I, individual basketball games I've ever watched from a player. I have to give credit to Giannis. I do not buy into this idea that he's the best player in basketball yet but he is top three. And again, he is, he is caught up to that topest highest tier, that upper echelon. There is not much separation between him and the top, top of the league at this point. Number three though, is where we'll hold Giannis for now. I believe that's the last bit of agreement we're going to have though, for this list. I would imagine. I mean, yeah, it's gotta be number two. I have Kawhi and injuries are the one thing that is the big negative in his career, but just you, ha- I'm telling you, like we have to watch Kawhi Leonard. Just he is incredible. He is the smartest. He, he de- probably I'd say smartest defender I have ever seen. Like, I love to watch him for just how good he is and how intimidating he can be to opponents. He also, if he is within foul line and in, and he shoots a jumper, it's going in. Like there's no questions asked. And I saw that so prevalent in the series before he got hurt in the Western conference playoffs. Mm -hmm. 
I, I, I'm a little high on him just from his run with the Raptors. I saw what he can do, and I watched him single-handedly crush all of my dreams and then do it to Giannis and then also do it to the Warriors, who at that point what were was left of them. Yeah. <laughs> but come on, like, okay, besides Clay Thompson being out, like, he played – and, well, Kevin Durant being injured, he, that's still a good Warriors team. No, Kevin he, Durant would have been a difference. And, and he beat him. He beat him sound. He beat him sound. I don't, I don't discredit Kawhi. He did it once, though. I think you bought into it a little much because of how devastating that shot was. No. I, well, okay. I mean, that shot, yeah, is devastating. I'd say lucky, <laughs> quite frankly. Yeah, sure. That's part of it. But he just, when he is healthy, he is unstoppable. And he is a lot like Jimmy Butler in the sense that he will do what is necessary. Like sometimes, some of his stat lines will be like 20, 7, 5. They're not impressive. They're not like incredible. But also have those games where I'll put up 40. Just do it does it so it nonchalantly and so effortlessly. Yeah. So I get that. That's why I have him there. I mean, a good example is when he missed that. I would guess it would be the game-winning shot against the Mavs, and you ripped him a new one on Twitter, yeah. and yeah. they proceeded and then, to just win the series. Yes. Like, you know, I I eat my words. That's why Kawhi's still in top five. <laughs> that's why I have him there. I I probably buy into him a bit more, but. There's something about being that stone cold assassin that like, you know, people loved with MJ and Kobe. That's why I love it with Kawhi. Have you ever considered Kawhi the best player in the league? No. Okay. I was Even curious. when he won the championship, I still wouldn't have like LeBron would have been at the time. But to me, like the thing is he could, if you put him in a game of one-on-one against any of these players, I genuinely think he'd win. I really do. I, I, I get that. I do. But that's, that goes to the part that one-on-one isn't how basketball is played. It's not. It's, I, I 100% agree. And anyone who thinks that it is is like, like kick rocks. That They're being like, said, if any of these players were going to beat him, my number two is the one that I think would actually do it at this point. Not saying he's necessarily the best, as I have him at number two, but the greatest scorer in the history of basketball. Don't give me your Michael Jordans. Don't give me your Kareem. Don't give me your Wilts. The greatest, most video game-like scorer basketball has ever seen. There is not a shot he cannot make. He put up one of the most impressive offensive performances against the Bucks in the playoffs. Wasn't quite enough to push him past the hump, but he has done it before. He's teamed up to do it before, but this man is lethal. The Slim Reaper. The, the Durantula, Kevin Durant of the Brooklyn Nets, small forward, power forward, just under 27 a game. Injuries kind of hampered him, but you saw how good he can be in the playoffs. We know how good he can be based off how great the Thunder were and then how unbeatable those Warriors teams were. It's nice to see him in his, in his own team now, really, like, not, you know, it's still a super team, but he, like, it's not with Steph Curry, at least. It's not, like, two top five players in basketball who've teamed up together. It's a, a little bit more lenient. But again, he, he doesn't miss. He's an incredible defender. He's maybe the best team defender in basketball. He's so long in terms of his wingspan. He can block shots like a center. He can, he can snag steals like a guard. Again, another one of those players where there's just nothing he can't do. Maybe he can't guard everybody. Like he'd, he'd struggle against an MB just because of his strength. He'd struggle against someone like Curry just because of the quickness. But, you know, he, he can do a lot. In fact, there's very little he can't do. Kevin Durant's the second best player in basketball. There's very little in between him. This is, again, this is the first time I ever, ever would hear the argument that there was someone other than LeBron James as the best player in basketball. And the argument was Kevin Durant. It's how well he played in Brooklyn. And it is 
partially because LeBron is also on the decline. But again, if you ask me what Kevin Durant can't do, I can't tell you because there is nothing he can't do. I just, I have to put KD at one. I mean, you said all of those reasons, like one of the best scorers of all time. I, I don't know, like, I don't know if I put him as my best, as the best scorer of all time, but he's just unstoppable. I mean, he's seven, he's effectively seven feet tall and could play like a guard mm-hmm. if he wanted to. And that's, that's terrifying. It's terrifying. I have him here. I, you saw what he did in Brooklyn. Just he kept the Nets in that playoff series single-handedly when Kyrie was down and Harden was having a grueling hamstring injury. Mm-hmm. I think he's only going to continue to do more of this for years to come. I hope injuries don't derail because he's very exciting to see. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's at that point where he'll have a few years of like maybe either stagnation or how he'll be continue to be this good or it'll be even maybe even slightly uphill increase. I just think LeBron is at that point where he's probably going to – I think he's a bit too injured. LeBron is one of the smartest players. I know you're going to put him at one, so I'm just kind of preemptively discussing it. For LeBron's sake, I just think, like, he's on the decline a bit. I think – I'm honestly concerned what happens in his next next season. Like, I don't think he's going to come out on, like, a revenge tour like we were so used to him seeing when he has a bad game or, you know, bad week, bad stretch. I'm, I don't know. I think that's kind of, it's going to be a slow decline. I mean, you know, still one of the best players of all time, but I, Kevin Durant in terms of what he can do against people. I mean, there's a reason he had, he won two championships over LeBron. Granted LeBron's teams weren't great. Reasons. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant just is it's you have to be in awe watching him and you are you're always in awe watching him it's it's sensational number one on my list is tyler hero no kidding <laughs> i throw myself out my balcony <laughs> just had to see if i could get you once no number one no. is lebron james for me you know i agree he's on the decline in terms of his physical ability however his mental sharpness is is right where it always has been the smartest player to ever play basketball in my opinion the most physically dominant player to ever play basketball, in my opinion. However, Giannis may be able to change that. I just, th- th- this is something that's tough because I, I, again, like I said, I get not putting him at one anymore. I think this is just where the, the level of intelligence mixed with the fact that he's old, but still more athletic than most players in, in basketball, more physically dominant than most players in basketball really is a, is a testament to how great he still is because I don't, where, where maybe there are players who are more skillful at this point. There is nobody that could be this good at this age. And I think part of that is because he's the best. He's still the best. He's so good at this that it, it, at 38 years old, He's still in the, maybe not peak peak, but he's still in better shape than your average Joe. He's still in better shape than your average NBA player. He's still more athletic than half the all-stars. He's still scoring more points than almost every player in the NBA outside of a handful. Still a top-notch rebounder and passer. I get that he can't win championships by himself anymore, but, you know, as close as he got to it, Giannis didn't win a championship by himself. That, that, that that's never really been a thing that happened. And that's why LeBron was always so special and dominant because he could do it by himself or get there by himself. He can't do that anymore. But that, in my opinion, does not mean he is necessarily too much worse of a basketball player where he's not still the best. I genuinely believe that if you put LeBron James on any team, they're competing for an NBA championship, regardless of who else the roster is, except for, I guess, the 20, 
19 Lakers. That was odd. But other than that, no real blemishes. The injuries are going to be the thing to note, though, for LeBron. Is is this going to continue, or is he kind of nixed it in the butt? Hopefully a full offseason you know, kind of gets gets rid of the injury bug for him. But literally only time will tell for him at this point. But I, I, he, you know, Jimmy Butler, say what you want at nine on my list. I really did try and take out all of my bias when I left LeBron James at number one. I just, the way I see basketball, there is no more flawless way to do it. Maybe he's not the best free throw shooter anymore, but. I never was. I, exactly. But again, even at this age, if I need a winning play, my number one choice is LeBron James for everything. And I just, that hasn't changed despite, except for maybe a three. That'll give Durant. <laughs> I, I would just give Dame anything period honestly that's fair that's fair but, but okay uh, that's either i way. understand what you mean yeah they, lebron has all of my trust that's what i'm trying to say i would trust him to do anything he's number one for me but either way i hope everybody enjoyed this list as we had an absolute blast doing this this is something we're both very passionate about and care very much about and are very invested in as you can tell so I hope you enjoyed it. We're very interested to hear, you know, what of our opinions you liked and <laughs> maybe didn't think were too hot. Um, we're going to be posting some graphics on our social media for anybody who missed it or just wants a you know, better recap than re-listening to each and individual uh, part of the episode. But that's it for top 50. We're going to probably do a little, little newer segment for fantasy football next week, something along those lines, and then get back into maybe some superlatives, some other segments, kitchen debates and whatnot. Um, but for now, that's what we're going to end with. So I hope everybody enjoyed the episode, enjoyed the top 50 list, download Vigit, watch some baseball and Olympics. That's what we got for a little while now. Um, we're probably we'll have much more to talk about with the Olympics as you know, it just kind of started these last few days. So we'll probably have a lot more to talk about next episode until then have a fantastic week, everybody. Take care, everyone.